0: Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Fluke. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when Jesus heard this he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, I have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave crowds and ate and were filled And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And you may be seated. Grace and peace to you from the one who was, who is, and who is to come, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So for the last few weeks, as we've made our way through Matthew's Gospel... We've heard Jesus describing the kingdom of heaven using parables, these sort of object lessons of what God's reign looks like. So we've heard the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows, or a treasure found in a field, or a net of fish. Today's story is a little bit different, because instead of making up another story to use as an object lesson, Jesus enacts a parable. He gives us this real-life glimpse of God's kingdom breaking into this world. And the very first verse of our reading, verse 13, begins with, Now when Jesus heard this... So, of course, we have to go back a little bit to figure out what it is we're talking about, what it is Jesus heard. So, bear with me for a quick moment of background before we get to the feeding of the 5,000. So you remember Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist the abrasive wilderness prophet who was out there by the Jordan River baptizing people, eating locusts and wild honey, generally irritating the authorities and kind of yelling at people. Right before this story, John had picked a fight with King Herod. Something about criticizing him for marrying his brother's ex-wife, it's a messy family. But Herod got offended and arrested John. And then maybe you remember this part of the story. We don't talk about this part as much. King Herod's stepdaughter, Salome, asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter, and Herod gives her John's head on a platter without the rest of his body. So when Jesus heard that his cousin, the one who baptized him, has been executed, Jesus takes a break from his preaching tour, and he withdraws in a boat to a deserted place by himself. And he needs some time to process what's going on. He needs time to grieve for his cousin, maybe even time to consider that he himself is likely to meet a similar fate. So that's where our story picks up. When Jesus heard this, he'd withdrew in a boat, but he doesn't get very much time for himself because when he gets out of his boat and he goes ashore, he finds this huge crowd of people as gathered there to wait for him. And I want you this morning to think about that crowd. Picture the scene. There's about 5,000 people there, 5,000 men there, Matthew says, besides the women and the children. So there are a lot of people. And just the men alone are more than the entire population of Saukville. And the women and children probably more than double that number. And they've all come out to see Jesus. And they've come to this deserted place on foot, following him from the towns. And think about... All those people. Think about the different stories that they all have, the variety of people present that day. Some of them, we know from the story, are sick. because It says Jesus sees them and has compassion, and he cures them. But many of them, I assume, had other motivations for being there, right? Some of them probably had heard Jesus speak before, maybe when he went through their villages, and they followed him because they're eager to hear more. Some of them have been... Invited by friends. Hey, come listen to this rabbi. He Listen to the stories he's telling about God's kingdom. He's saying God's kingdom is near. He's saying it's it's among us. Others, though, in the same crowd, are probably skeptics. Maybe they're in the crowd looking for an argument, perhaps spying for the religious authorities. Maybe there were some Romans there on that day, either because... They themselves were curious, or maybe they were there to keep tabs on this popular rabble-rouser, this potential troublemaker who's offering an alternative way from the Roman Empire, a different way of life to a people who are subjugated and oppressed. Some of the people there probably had very little idea who they were there to see even, but there was a crowd, so they went along with the crowd. Others, as we saw were looking for hope or healing. Maybe Jesus was their last resort. Christian writer Rachel Held Evans writes, Within this legendary story hides more than 5,000 other stories. The story of the skinny orphan, the despised Samaritan, the skeptical tax collector, the curious fisherman, the struggling widow, the disdained prostitute, the wealthy mother, the angry zealot, the ostracized Canaanite, the banished leper, the suffering slave, the repentant sinner, ultimately the story of you and me. So I wonder, we're a much smaller crowd than 5,000 people, but I wonder nonetheless, what brought you here today to be part of this crowd? Where are you in this crowd who've come to hear from Jesus? What are you seeking as you gather today for worship, as you come to sing and hear God's word and pray and share in the Lord's Supper. And she continues, This is the story of a crowd of people who had little in common, except that they were hungry, hungry for food, for healing, for truth, for Jesus. And it is the story of a crowd of people who were fed, no questions asked. No prerequisites demanded, no standards of holiness to meet first. I love in this story, Jesus does not ask if they are members of the right synagogue or church congregation or denomination. He doesn't ask if they volunteer for the right groups or vote for the right party. He doesn't ask who they love or if they have money to pay. He simply sees that they are hungry and feeds them. And this is our model as church when we say, all are welcome in our community. This is why we welcome everyone to the Lord's table for communion. This is a living parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a meal where thousands are fed, where all eat and are filled, and there are abundant leftovers to share. This is Isaiah's vision enacted. Everyone whose thirsts, come to the waters. No money? Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Everyone. And of course, we know this is a controversial vision. This is not the way the world likes to work. Over and over in the Gospels, the upstanding religious leaders will be the ones shaking their heads at who it is Jesus is choosing to eat with. They'll ask his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners, couldn't he do better? Couldn't he find some better people to be with? There's one time when Jesus is at a banquet and he has the audacity to tell the host who would invited him to this banquet that next time when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the outsiders. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, all are welcome. There is a place for everyone at God's table. Of course, that sounds great until we actually try putting it into practice. Then it gets complicated because welcoming people, especially welcoming people who seem different and don't conform to what we expect, is not easy. Often we are the ones who want to set boundaries, who want to decide who's in and who's out, who deserves to eat, who's done enough to deserve a spot at the table. That is not how Jesus thinks. That is not how God operates. Rachel Levins points out the English word companion comes from the Latin com, meaning with, and panis, meaning bread. And so a companion is literally someone with whom you share your bread. As Jesus eats with and feeds the poor, the sick, the outcasts, the sinners, what he's saying is, these are my companions. These are my friends. These are people beloved by God. She writes, all who feast on the bread of life are family. All who dare to feed the hungry, fellowship with the suffering, and befriend sinners are companions with Christ. Again, beautiful, and still challenging to live out. They let you join this church? How do you fit in? Is there room for me too? Sometimes it's hardest when you're part of the faithful in-group. It's difficult to imagine that God's kingdom includes even them. That this vision Jesus has of this expansive, inclusive kingdom of God can include the outsiders, the Gentiles, the foreigners, those who haven't put in the work, those who are not like us. But in God's kingdom, there is abundance. This is not an either-or thing where someone's going to come take our place or we're going to run out of grace or something like that. There is room for all. There's even room for people like us. The only qualification to be fed is to be hungry. We are all companions on this journey of faith. So I wonder, who do you know who needs to hear a word of invitation, needs to hear the good news that they too are welcome here, are welcomed by God in God's kingdom? When Jesus saw the hungry crowd, he fed them. Well, Actually, this is important. Jesus told his disciples, you give them something to eat. The disciples fed them. Jesus did the miracle the multiplying the loaves and the fishes and it was some but it was someone in the crowd who gave him the initial 5 loaves and 2 fish it was the disciples who did the work of distributing and sharing the food so not only do we as the church get to be in the crowd and share in Jesus meal we also get to participate in this kingdom work of feeding this kingdom work of offering hope and purpose and meaning and sharing the good news of God's love revealed in Jesus Christ, sharing through both words and deeds, using our talents for God's kingdom. So in the meal, Jesus teaches about the kingdom. He meets the people's spiritual needs, and he also provides literal food, real bread and real fish, tangible love for people in need. This is God's kingdom in action. And in God's kingdom, All are welcome and all are fed. So whoever you are in this ongoing story, if you are hungry, come and eat. You are welcome here. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, You can visit our websites at livinghopesauchville.org or ctkport.org or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.